athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Thank you for joining me today here on the program. We've got a big show for you lined up here today. Look, a lot is happening here in Raleigh, and let me start it off this way. So St. Augustine's University, which is located right here in Raleigh, the capital city of North Carolina, founded in 1867 in HBCU. Of course, Shaw University was founded in 1865 and is known as the first HBCU of the South. Well, St. Augustine, Augustine's University has lost its accreditation. Now, St. Augs had been going through a lot. You go back to the year of 2017 when it was going through this accreditation process was able to pass with flying colors. Everything seemed to be going right for St. Augustine's. And now we're in a situation where St. Augustine's has lost its accreditation. I think now as much as ever, and you talk about HBCUs, the importance of HBCUs, extremely important. I mean, we've lost, I'm trying to think, in the last, it's been several years since St. Paul's College in Lawrenceville, Virginia closed its doors. And I, I don't know of any other. I can't, that, that's the, the one at least that jumps out to me immediately in terms of HBCUs that have closed its doors. But I, I feel, I really feel for St. Augustine's. I, I, I had an opportunity to, uh, to work at St. Augs uh, years and years ago. And um, I tell you what, it's a, St. Augs has a lot going on. I mean, if you think about the um, you think about the St. Agnes Hospital right back in the day, it was the black hospital here in Raleigh during the days of segregation. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jack Johnson, the, the great heavyweight champion, um, uh, as as it was said, uh, he he had an accident. I think it was somewhere off Highway One, maybe outside of of Raleigh. A, a serious accident, and um, there, there may have been a closer hospital that was not black. He was not allowed to go to that hospital. Went to St. Agnes and passed away. There's a lot of history. Is my point at St. Augustine's University, and so my thoughts and prayers are with St. Augs right now, and that. You lose your accreditation. I, I don't. I, you know, I'm not really sure. I haven't haven't really read all of the next steps because again, this happened going back some six years ago, and and St. Augs was able to get its finances and everything in order. And there's a lot that is going on right now. But thoughts and prayers with St. Augustine's University because we need all of our HBCUs. They were very important in the past. That's why we call them the H. 
is very important in HBCU to stand for historical because there was a time. I know you don't. I know people don't want to believe that. And I know a lot of people don't want to talk about it. At the end of the day, there was a time when we as black folks could not attend for the most part and a, a white institution for the most part. Now, there were some there were some, you know, up north in your Ivy League schools. But for the most part, which is why HBCUs were established. And so uh, they were important then and they still remain important. So thoughts and prayers with St. Augustine's. Like I mentioned, a lot going on here in Raleigh and North Carolina. I want to talk a little bit more about it. Let me set the table for you first today here on Box to Road. Joining us on the program, Benedict Hetman's basketball coach, Artis Maddox, going to join us on the program. Benedict is rocking and rolling as we speak with the SIAC tournament looming beginning next week. Also joining us today here on Box to Row, Landon Bussey is the head men's basketball coach at Alcorn State. The Braves are uh, have won the uh, the SWAC regular season the last two years, and so looking they're they're sitting right there. They're they're right there with an opportunity to move up in the SWAC standings with about two weeks. Uh, or so, uh, about a week remaining. Uh, and as a matter of fact, next week remaining, where you've got what uh, starting Saturday and then going into next week, you've got four games in like eight, seven, or eight days. So Landon Bussey also going to join us today here on the program, and we're going to step into the WWE realm or arena main event. Jay Uso main event. Jay Uso one part of. The Usos, who currently aren't together, by the way, and main event Jay Uso is not part of currently as we speak um, the bloodline, right? But main event Jay Uso going to join us today here on the program as well. Look, you can participate here on Box to Row. Hit me up on Twitter or X, as it were, at DWare1, at DWare1. Also, follow me while you're there. Also on uh, X at box to row at box to row B O X T O R O W. Look, you talk about news here, and and this news here in the state doesn't just uh, doesn't just really affect us here in the state, but the UNC system, okay, that governs the public institutions in the state of North Carolina. There are sixteen colleges or universities within the UNC system plus one when you add. Um, the School of Math and Science, which is more of a preparatory school, high school level, uh, if you will, now has the power to dictate whether a university can move to another conference. So let me lay it out, be a little bit more plain about this. This has everything to do with uh, UNC and NC State possibly leaving the ACC where we are. We know Florida State's got a lawsuit against the ACC. A lot has, you know, come up with the ACC. And by the way, I will remind folks that all of this conference movement and reaffiliation and alignment and all of that started years ago with the ACC. Uh, It just wasn't as prevalent. The ACC was like an outlier uh, to this. Remember the acquisitions of Miami, Virginia Tech, um, 
also um, Boston College. Right now, I remember going back some years ago when this uh, a move was being uh, the move was being made, and it was uh, uh, I can't remember. It, 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 there were a couple. There was a school that was going to make the move, and people thought that a sister school should make the move. Well, we're we're in a similar situation, right? If the ACC, if you know, let's say Carolina decides to to leave the conference, then what happens? Does NC State also leave? And you, it's it's a political deal, also, right? Like you've got the legislature, certainly the legislature of the state of North Carolina, that is certainly involved in this, and two, the the two main leaders in the legislature have both stated that North Carolina and NC State should both be in the same conference. Look, this is where I sit on this. Um, I think UNC is the more attractive school. Uh, to me, when you think about NC State, NC State's the bigger school. It's got more, uh, it's got more students. It's got a bigger fan base, right? Football is, is, is much bigger uh, at NC State, I think, uh, especially when you look at it, uh, you know, historically, uh, maybe not from a success standpoint, but in terms of the support, like, Carter Finley Stadium, I don't know if it was if it's still sold out, but it was sold out for many, many years in terms of football. It's where NC State plays uh, right now. Of course, when you talk about basketball, I mean, they're, you know, NC State men's basketball program won a championship in in uh, I think it was in 57 under Everett Case, um, then won another championship in 1974 and then won the the national championship uh, in 1983 under Jim Valvano. And that's still something that NC State is living off of. Like it's been, uh, I mean, it, it's been, it's been what, 40 years in excess since NC State won a national championship. And it's been, uh, what was the last year NC State won an ACC tournament championship? Maybe 92. Now, when you talk about basketball, Carolina has, uh, has had a lot more success more recently winning, what, three national titles under Roy Williams? More recently, what was that? Was it uh, 2018, 2019 that uh, Carolina won the men's championship? But look, both have not had any a lot of success from a football standpoint. I, I'm, I'm saying all that to say I think the more attractive school to perhaps an SEC, I would not even uh, eliminate the thought of, of, of the Big Ten pursuing a UNC, but you know, SEC, it, it makes more sense, but not, not I mean, look the way that conference realignment is, you don't have to be in uh, the territory, if you will, to be uh, scooped up by a conference, a la UCLA and USC moving to a conference that is made up mostly of teams in the Midwest, right? So you've got that element. I think the more attractive school is UNC. From a brand standpoint, even though I think the fan base is is bigger uh, at NC State, the, the student population is bigger. The, the 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 brand is with UNC. More success, more recently, also, right? NC State still trying to find its footing. Now, its women's basketball program has done very very well. The baseball program is 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 very good as well. But when you look at the football program, it's a solid program. Like they, I think, I think the Wolfpack won what nine games last year, going back a couple of years ago. It's won some football games, but hasn't made noise 
on a national level and won an ACC championship. I think the, the last ACC championship of football for NC State was like in the 80s. So the more attractive brand is UNC. But what everybody wants, if a move was to be made, is that both Carolina and NC State would be in the same conference. I think that's interesting. And think about this. For the, for the UNC system board to make this move, it also affects A&T, right? If this had happened three years ago, A&T may or may not be in the CAA right now. So, so my thing is, you never. this was never happened before, and now it's a move where politics comes into play and politics and politicians can now dictate what schools can and cannot do. Something is very un-American to me about that because everybody's talking about NC State in Carolina, but nobody's talking about Elizabeth City State or Winston-Salem State or Fayetteville State or A&T or North Carolina Central. And excuse me for uh, the other HBCU that I'm missing uh, in terms of being state schools in the state of North Carolina. Uh, look, I, I again, very, you know, very. I, I don't want, but very un-American that you wouldn't allow for the institution to be able to make this decision, and it's always been that way. Look, we got plenty more of box to road to get to. Uh, you can hit me up with your thoughts on that at dware one at dware one. Up next here on box to row. Benedict, head men's basketball coach, Artis Maddox. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Amari Hardware, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. It's the 60th Bob Hayes Invitational Track Meet, March 14 through 16. Track events will be held at Hodges Stadium on the campus of UNF. Thursday, March 14, the annual Hall of Fame Gala at the Potter's House International. Friday, March 15, the first collegiate meet at 10 a.m. And the Coach Day Middle School Track Meet, 5 p.m. On Saturday, March 16, the annual Bob Hayes Invitational Track and Field Meet at 8.30 a.m. at Hodges Stadium. For information and tickets, visit bhitm22.org. Presented by the City of Jacksonville and Pepsi. Hey there, fellow travelers. It's me, the Hotel Wiz. Before you go anywhere, call me day or night for hotel rates too low to publish. I'll save you up to 75% on over 500,000 hotels across the globe. You see, I've already done the research, so you don't have to spend time online trying to find the best deal. That's up to 75% off. Just call me, the Hotel Wiz. It's a free call, and you get instant access to rates too low to publish with no cancellation fees. Make a free call now and save up to 75% off your hotel rooms the next time you're going somewhere for business or pleasure. Call the Hotel Wiz now and get instant access to rates too low to publish. 800 811-3471 800-811-3471 800-811-3471 Call the Hotel Wiz right now for rates too low to publish at 800-811-3471 On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware Mo Williams, the head men's basketball coach at Jackson State He also played 15 seasons in the NBA I played for Jerry Sloan My year in Milwaukee was terrific I was a young kid 
with the opportunity to play a lot, start my second year. And, and then all of a sudden I go to Cleveland and play with LeBron. And I think that's where my game just went to another level, playing with the greatest player to ever put on basketball shoes. And then my career went on a journey after LeBron went to Miami. And then um, obviously reuniting with the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James in 16 to win a championship. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Joey Dowdle each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. Listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box to Box to Box to Row. Things moving here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Benedict. The I tell you what, the Tigers are playing extremely well this year. Number three, if you can believe as well as they're playing number three, that shows you how tough the SIAC is. Number three going into the SIAC tournament. The next game for the Tigers will be uh, on Wednesday. And the Tigers are ranked number nine uh, in the D two regional rankings. Artist Maddox, again, sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Benedict, joining us here on Botch to Row. What's going on, Coach Maddox? Oh, nothing much. Just getting ready for this um conference tournament. Yeah. Ready. yeah. I, look, the SIAC has been bananas. I, I don't know how else to put it, particularly at the top. Even if you look at a team like Allen, your crosstown rival, I know they got you the last time. The last time you played – but speak, I, I got to talk with you about this victory on Monday against Clark Atlanta, who is the number one seed going uh, into the tournament. Uh, dramatic fashion that you were able to get that victory. Oh, man, that was a huge win um, for, our, for our team, for our program. Clark Atlanta, Coach Alfred, he does a great job over there. He has some real good ball players over there. And that was just a huge win for us, uh, just a momentum booster, just taking us into the conference tournament. Um, but if we'd have won that game against Morehouse Saturday, that just goes to show you how tough this conference is. If we'd have won the game against Morehouse Saturday and won the game against Clark Atlanta, which we did Monday, we, we'd have been the number one seed in the East. So um, by losing that game against Morehouse, they win the tiebreaker. So now we're the third seed in the East. Yeah. Take me through, because again, you were down, you won it 93 to 91. You were down 90. Uh, 91 to 90. You Malachi McCoy hits a big three pointer for you with five seconds remaining. Take us through what happened. Maybe the play you drew up there. Okay. Um. Well, right before the timeout, we were up three, so I called a timeout to set up our defense because I was gonna go zone a man. I was in between going zone a man, so I said we'll just go zone. We'll switch everything, chase him off the three point line. Do not foul the three point shooter. And, you know, obviously, we did the total opposite. We fouled the three-point shooter, and he made the three. <laughs> so so I called a timeout so um, they wouldn't be able to set up their defense after he made the free throw. I wanted to get the ball in transition. So I called a timeout before his foul shot so we can get the ball out in tra transition and try to get a good, a quick three. And it's not the way I drew it up, but we made the three-pointer. 
<laughs> so um so now it was just 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 a just a winning play by Malachi McCoy. Um that was a big shot. He shot it with confidence. I knew it was good when it left his when it left his hands. Yeah. For you, take us through obviously you're getting ready to go into what I would consider the third season. So you had sort of the preseason, then you had conference play, and now you're going into the tournament. Take me through and speak to how the Tigers are playing to this point. Well, we're we're inconsistent. I'm going to just be honest with you. We just got to get more consistency. And I'm, I've been watching film this morning before I got on the broadcast with you guys. And what I'm seeing is we're, we're not disciplined. We're, we're starting to have slippage. The, a long season, you know, we had a lot going on. Um, I'm not, not sure if you heard about what happened with one of my players. He passed away, um, unfortunately. A young man passed away. And that's when everything just took a spiral and just started going downhill for us. But we just got to get back to fundamental discipline basketball. And that's one thing I'm emphasizing today in practice. As soon as I get off this broadcast with you guys, I'm heading to practice so we can work on our fundamentals on defense, staying sound, executing the offense, setting picks, moving the ball, and just going up strong and making our foul shots. The the young man, and we, we're, we're very sorry for your loss, praying for you and the Benedict family. Um, what did he mean to the program? How has it affected the players? Yeah, he was one of my junior varsity players, my developmental players, and they practice with us on a daily, my um, developmental team. And a lot of the guys, you know, they, they look up to the, to, to the varsity guys. And he was one of those young men that had a smile on his face every day, came in and worked hard. Um, Asante Price, which is my second leading scorer, one of, he probably make first team, was preseason first team all-conference in the SEAC. Um, he and that young man were, was very close, as well as Tim Moore who's my leading scorer. So my top two leading scorers were very close to him um, as like mentors to him. They work out together, go to lunch, go out to eat together. So, but it impacted our program a lot. I'm talking a lot. Um, That's when everything started going downhill for us. We found out the young man passed away when we were at Clark Atlanta, right before we played them um, that Friday, we played them Saturday. The young man passed away that Friday. And we played Clark Atlanta the next day with heavy hearts and lost in, the, in overtime. And I'm not trying to make no excuses on on, our, on my players or nothing like that on my program, but that's just a that's something that we've been dealing with in-house. Uh, we try, try to just keep it in-house and let guys grieve the way they grieve. Artis Maddox in his sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Benedict. He joins us here on Botch to Row. We were t- Does it seem like it's been six seasons as the head coach, like it, it just seems to me you were just that Florida Memorial. Yes, no, it, it has blown by. I mean, my assistants, we we sit in the office and we think about our first year here going four and twenty four, and just building the program, getting our players in, trying to get get to that championship level type of team, which we had. This is our third twenty win season, um, three third year having a twenty win season in a row. So. We're proud about that, but it's, it, it 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 has blown by. It, I'm talking so fast. It's like we just got here. So so, but I've just been enjoying the journey. You know, you've got the pedigree. Like you won a national championship at Mount at uh, Mountain State um, yes. as an assistant coach, where you were also a player. You started your career um, at Edward Waters. You know, a lot of success as the head coach at at Florida Memorial. How have you been able to? And and look. When you talk about coaches, 
you know, Fred is is over at Miles now. I mean, you talk about one of the great coaches did an absolutely tremendous job at his alma mater. But you've been able to build that program back up also. How? Oh, just by trying to get the best student athletes to come here and represent what um, the best of um, BC, the best of Benedict College. And um, it's been a process. You know, we still have a, a long way to go. But if we'd have won those two championships the last two year, years, this conversation would be a lot different. But we've been running up the last two years. Hopefully the third year is the charm. So um, that's the goal. Like I said, we just built it from the ground up from 4-24 and 24 my first year to, I think, 15-13 and 13 my second year. Then we had the COVID season where we went 9-1. and one. I believe that would have been a good 20-win uh, season if we'd have played a full season. Then we went 22 and 10, lost in the conference tournament championship, and went 22 and 7 and lost in the conference tournament championship. So hopefully this year we can get over that hump. I can get that monkey off my back and get this conference tournament championship so we, we can make a run at this um, national championship. Artist Maddox, again in his sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Benedict, he joins us here on the program. Can you speak to the preparation? that it's going to take you've got nine days in between when you played monday till the next time you play on wednesday what's that preparation going to be like oh it's just making sure these guys are are focused make making sure that we're healthy we've been in the weight weight room we're doing some conditioning today adding a few wrinkle both both offensively and defensively so um just want to be in tip top shape have these guys mentally dialed in from an offensive and defensive standpoint whether we're in man zone um making sure we're on the same same page, whether we're going against a zone offense or a zone defense. So um, just getting these, like I said, just getting these guys sharp and ready to play, staying in shape and making sure that they're healthy going into the conference tournament championship. You mentioned making a run to the national championship. And, and before you can do that, it starts with what would be a fourth season uh, if you're able to make that. And of course, if you win the SIC tournament, you get the automatic bid. But I want to talk with you about this because Alfred Jordan I uh, mentioned this a couple of weeks ago on our program. Of course, the head coach at Clark. And I look at these D2 rankings in the South. Clark at number seven. Uh, you, meaning Benedict, at number nine. And then Miles at number 10. If I remember correctly, it's top eight if it's still that way. So right now, as well as you've played with a 21-6 and six record, you would not, if you don't win the tournament, you would not be in the postseason. Can you kind of speak to that? I mean, only one team from the SIAC in the top eight with how tough the the conference is, three 20-win teams. Yeah, yeah, that's just how the regional ranking, um, that's how it goes. Um, they have a lot of respect for the, the that Florida conference, which we went 2-0 against on the start of the season. We beat Eckert at Eckert. We beat University of Tampa at Tampa. And they consider that the strongest conference in our region. So they get to have four teams and we only get to have one. So we just, I'm not throwing a pity party for our conference. We just got to play better. We have to win the conference to make the national tournament. Um, and we know that. So that's that's the mindset we're going going in with. I told my guys um, before the season started, that's the goal to win the conference tournament championship. So um, we still have that goal in sight. Now we just got to go handle business so we can um, complete it. You've got a, a, a couple – I mean, you've got a really, really good team. We mentioned Malachi, the three-pointer uh, that he hit. He's your third leading scorer at 11.1 points per game. You mentioned also Tim Moore. Speak specifically to him as one of the leading scorers in the SIAC. 
Uh, Tim Moore, he's like he can he he does it all. He can make threes. He can take you off the dribble, and he's very explosive. He's he, he's a big time finisher on um, at the basket. He's he's meant meant a lot to our program this year from a leadership standpoint. Now I just got to get him to play better defense. If I can get him to play better defense, that's going to take us to a whole nother level. Yeah. Uh, so Coach Maddox again, Artis Maddox in his sixth season as the head men's basketball coach at Benedict. He joins us here on Box to Row. The uh, Tigers have a bit of uh, some time off before the SIAC tournament where they're going to play again on next Wednesday. Coach Maddox, appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Tigers. Man, I sure appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Glad to do it, Coach Maddox, and excited to see how the SIAC tournament will turn out. Landon Bussey, the head men's basketball coach at Alcorn State, joins us next. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Michael B. Jordan. And, and, I, and I think it's a testament to, you know, what HBCUs mean to people, you know, and, 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 and having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities, you know what I'm saying, in a real way and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high, you know, high, high talent. Um, and often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light and people want to feel like they want to be here. And so putting it on the national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games. You know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way was really, really important. Um, and, and, and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's my sincere see a hope that when my ride ends i'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what i tried to do for other people when i was at the top because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day bro i mean i i plan on being successful for years to come but it ain't gonna last forever and you know when my day comes when, when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat in my chair you know, it's my hope that whoever those, that person or those people are, people that knew I cared about them and believed in them to help them get to this place. Hey, Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on, the, on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man the same way you feel about your school. The same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway. And I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. And, uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years. You get to it. <laughs> Man, you know what it is?
is good and, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better and, and that's what I love man so thank you I appreciate you so we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice what do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State what is going on at Mississippi Valley State University <laughs> why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers and that brought the awareness to the school and after that I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers Dave Roberts manager of the LA Dodgers to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers. What does that mean to you? I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball to do things the right way, to hopefully give other people of color opportunity. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honest. Still, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Mellows. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having the brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music movies and sports say hey, my favorite three topics hey y'all it is the est of wwe the strongest the fastest the roughest the toughest the quickest the greatest the best on box to row from the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of hbcu sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment check the show out online at box that's from the press box to press row real relevant radio Way to keep things moving here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Alcorn State. Right now, the Braves sit at number four in the SWAC, nine and five in SWAC play, and as a matter of fact, uh, have won five straight games. Going to be on the road on Saturday at Prairie View AM. Landon Bussey joins us here on. Box to row. What's going on, Coach Bussy? Appreciate you joining us here on the program. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. It's, it's great to have you. Just your thoughts on the season to this point. You've got what four games remaining, and really, you're you're right in position, not that far out of first place in this swack, which has been very competitive this year. Absolutely. Um, still, a lot of basketball left to be played. Um, got some really um, big games coming up this weekend that can put us in a great place to finish out the year strong. Um, but, of course, you know, Southern and Grambling has done an unbelievable job of taking the lead um, in the SWAC conference right now. So our biggest thing is, you know, just trying to finish strong and get some momentum going into the SWAC tournament. And hopefully we can have a good showing in Birmingham. What's been the difference these last five games? As I'm, Because, I mean, the bottom line uh, would be that you know, when you go back a couple of weeks ago, you were four and five in conference play towards the bottom. Now you're 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 mid to upper part of the swag now. 
Yeah, man. At one point in time, we was one and three in conference. Uh, we won three in conference, and the players, coaches, and and everybody could have just you know quit if they wanted to. Um, but you know, we we found a way to fight. We found a way to you know fight through adversity and challenges and get ourselves back in competition to compete for a regular season championship. But I think the biggest change that we made is you know just the buy-in. I think guys is buying a little more to the defensive side of the ball. I think everyone's starting to understand their role and how they can add value to the program. And not everybody just out there just being for themselves. So I think it's more of a team now. Um, we did we 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 hit we hit we hit a bump. We hit a bump at one point where we like I said we was four and five, lost two games back to back to Grambling um, and Southern. And after that, we just tried to turn the corner. Our practices got better. The attention, the details, the buy-in. Um, everything, but more so than anything, um, we're doing a great job in defensively right now. Is there something that you referenced back to these last couple of seasons? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, you finished first or tied for first the last couple of seasons, appeared in two NITs in back-to-back years. Is there something you referenced uh, from the previous two seasons? Um, absolutely. I mean, we just referenced that, you know, at the end of the day, we're still the regular season back-to-back champions. Um, so, you know, it's still good basketball left to be played. We're still a dominant basketball team. We had, um, we done an unbelievable job of just, um, building a tradition here in the championship program. So let's not take that away from us. Um, your success isn't determined when you're one and three It's determined what you do when you one and three. And so I just continue to try to preach the message to the guys that we're not done. Like we just need to get one win. One will lead to two, but we can't have one loss lead to two losses. Continue to chip away every single day in practice and keep getting better. And before you know it, you'll be at the top. Landon Bussey again in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Alcorn State. He joins us here on Box to Row. As you you all that are watching, you notice I've got my Baltimore Orioles hat on. He's a Baltimore native. I'll ask him a little bit more about that later on in the program. Look, I mean... You talk. I, I don't. There have been some brutal schedules, especially when you look at the SWAC. I don't know if there's a team that's had a more brutal schedule than you. November eighth, you play. You uh, play your alma mater at home, uh, Xavier of Louisiana. You don't come back home until January the twentieth, and you've got all of the. You know, you plan all of these these teams, Maryland, George Washington. Can you speak to sort of how? that stretch was for this team? I mean, it was rough when you're, you know, you're practicing hard and you know, your athletes aren't seeing any benefit or, or any reward behind it. So it was rough to come in every single day in practice. And, you know, you start, as a coach, start to lose your confidence, players lose their confidence, and just trying to figure out ways that how can you turn the program around? How can you change a lot of different things? Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, we have a lot of guys who've been here before guys who've been through adversity, been through challenges, things like that. And, you know, they just stuck to the course. Um, that was our biggest thing to stick to the course, stick to the course. But when you go play Maryland and Michigan State and uh, Maryland, TCU, Michigan State, and Arkansas, TCU, Clemson, um, and those schools like that, and, you know, you're just getting really beat up on a roll with the travels, uh, players getting sick, if it's COVID, it's the flu, or whatever the case may be, it starts to really – mentally um break the break you down so our biggest thing was to stay with the course stay with the course stay with the course and eventually you know um, the storm will pass by and then once we get in the conference we'll be fine 
why this schedule? Is that by design? I know, obviously, a lot of those are going to be so-called money games that will give revenue to to your program, to the athletics uh, department as a whole. I mean, is that why such a brutal schedule? Is that by design? And and does it, in fact, help to prepare you for conference play? Um, Well, of course, a lot of it is for, you know, guaranteed money games. But a lot of it is just uh, – get an opportunity to travel the world for these young men to get out along in Mississippi for a little bit, but also to play in rough environments like Michigan, Michigan state. And you hope those rough environments help you this weekend down at Prairie View in Texas Southern to go on the road and figure out that you've been here before that you could, you know, be successful here. Um, and I think it helped us in the past, you know, game I can remember is Bethune Cookman, um, which was the ESPN two game. And it was, it was, a, it's a rough environment down there. And we was able to go on the road and, have success and come out winning that basketball game. But that also started in non-conference, all traveling on the road with the fans, and sometimes you might not get the best whistle. So just find a way to be successful. Of course, Landon Bussey, the head men's basketball coach at Alcorn State, joins us here on the program. Jeremiah Kendall's one of the leaders, one of your players, and one of the leaders in terms of, of scoring in the conference. Speak to how he's played this season. Um, he, make, he makes my life easy. Um, we can't score, and, you know, we're, we were in a little shooting slump, you know, to give him a ball and maybe just get to the free throw line. When you can throw the ball to a guy on the block right there and they can play with their back to the basket, it makes your job a lot easier. Um, but he has done an unbelievable job of just scoring at a very high rate. Um, his rebounding is pretty good. And most of anything, his defense is getting better and better each day. Um, so he's starting to become a complete basketball player. Um, he's always been great on the offensive side, but now his defense, the defensive side, this was really impressing me. I mentioned him because he's the leading scorer and one of the, as I mentioned, one of the leading scorers in the SWAC. Who is who else is really stepping up for you? Uh, it, whether it be the last five games or throughout the entire season. Um, Jeremiah um, Gambriel, he has stepped up. He's right now shooting forty-two percent from the three-point line. Um, he spaces the floor out for us. Um, he's a scorer who has been very proven in this league. Transfer from Prairie View. So he's a guy who has helped us out a lot. And Byron Joshua has done an unbelievable job, too, as far as just leading the program, getting his teammates involved, and sharing the ball, and um, done an unbelievable job rebounding as well, too. So I think overall just been a collective group of guys. Each, each night it can be somebody different. It could be Jalen Hawkins. It could be um, D.K. Thorne. It could be, you know, Stephen Byer. It could be Mike. You know, it just all depends who it is that given night, who, who has the hot hand. But, you know, right now it's collectively team effort um, for us getting over these games. I mean, it starts on the defensive side of the ball. Again, Landon Bussey, the head men's basketball coach at Alcorn State, joins us here on the program. What do you remember about those days at Xavier as a player and then also as an assistant coach where you all had a lot of success? As Of course, Danton Jackson, I believe, was your head coach and then uh, was the uh, was your head coach as a player, and then you assisted him uh, there at Xavier? Well, I mean, remember just the tough practice that we had. And, you know, as a player, you just didn't understand why you're practicing hard, why, you know, film sets are so long, why is, you know, every little detail is so critical. Um, you just didn't get it. Um, but now, being that I'm in this role, you understand that the preparation that it takes to be successful and dominant at this level um, is needed. So that's main, one of the main things, just the preparation, the preparation, the tough practices, the attention to detail, holding athletes accountable. Um, I learned that a lot from when I played and when I was an assistant coach. And then, of course, Prairie View A&M, 
Uh, you're on the road against PV on Saturday. Got the victory over uh, the Panthers. One another former or one of your former teams uh, back on January 22nd. What do you have to do to complete the uh, season sweep of the Panthers? Um, we got to keep them out the paint. Um, they do a great job again inside the paint. They do a great job in transition. So, um, and I know you got a big kid over there, Miles, who's doing an unbelievable job on the glass. So we just got to do a good job of keeping them off the glass and keeping them off the paint. If we get on transition, we make shots, if we play inside out, I think we'll be fine. We, won't, we don't want to get in a three-point shooting contest with them. We want them to shoot threes, and we want to drive the ball. If I can take you back, you know, to that first season, six and 17 season, very tough. But prior to that, it was, you know, it was just tough for all corn state going all the way around. Second season, much better. The last uh, two seasons, uh, you've won. Uh, well, the second season, well, the last two seasons, I should say, you've won um, the SWAC or you finished first in the SWAC, I should say. Secret to your success. Why have you been able to be so successful uh, as the head men's basketball coach at Alcorn State? Um, I think it's just, you know, stars were recruiting, you know, trying to find good players that can um, make your job easy. You know, guys who just go out there and just put the ball in the basket and um, play both sides of the ball. Um, that's the biggest thing is just trying to find really good basketball players. Another thing is just, you know, having a strong coaching staff who helps me push these guys in practice and make sure they go hard, uh, making sure our preparation is to key. You know, I'm very big on preparation, very big on um, scouting reports and game plans and practice plans and, you know, making sure guys is, you know, curfew and everything, you know, everything that leads up to um, the game. That's why I'm big. I, I believe the game is already played um, before the game. Um, you know, what you're putting in, what you're putting in your body, how much film are you watching? Are you stretching? Um, are you going to the training room? Are you, you know, taking care of your business off the court? Are you being a good person? Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is right there is, you know, just trying to find a way to be the most prepared team going into each game. Being a guy from Baltimore, right? Like you've been basically since you started out at Livingstone, that's where you first started in terms of, of playing ball, transferred to Xavier, Xavier, Prairie View, A&M, uh, all course that you've been in, you've been in the deep South now. Now you're, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've gotten pretty acclimated uh, to that, did you ever foresee yourself, a guy being from Baltimore, ending up, you know, in the deep south where you're having a lot of success as a basketball coach? No. Um, actually, when I was at Xavier, we actually played Alcorn. Uh, when I was in college, we beat Alcorn. Um, never in my many years where I thought that I'll be the head coach of Alcorn State University. Um, haven't been back to Baltimore as far as living-wise since I was in high school in 2005. Of course, I go home. Um, to visit family throughout the year, but um, never would have thought that, you know, it's just, it's amazing how, you know, your life and your journey takes you in different places that, you know, you don't, you don't determine, you don't determine, you just, you know, you just, you know, you just follow the, the Lord's path. Um, so it's amazing that, you know, I'm like, I said, I've been here now four years. I was at Purdue for six. I was at Xavier for six. So it's just amazing how your life goes. Landon Bussey again in his fourth season as the head men's basketball coach at Alcorn State. Giving us a couple of moments here on Box to Row. Again, right now, the Braves are fourth in the SWAC on the road. A tough, that tough Texas stretch on Saturday at PV on Monday against Texas Southern. Coach Bussey, we really appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Braves. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. WWE Superstar Main Event. Jay Uso is up. 
Next. It's the 60th Bob Hayes Invitational Track Meet, March 14 through 16. Track events will be held at Hodges Stadium on the campus of UNF. Thursday, March 14, the annual Hall of Fame Gala at the Potter's House International. Friday, March 15, the first collegiate meet at 10 a.m. And the Coach Day Middle School Track Meet, 5 p.m. On Saturday, March 16, the annual Bob Hayes Invitational Track and Field Meet at 8.30 a.m. at Hodges Stadium. For information and tickets, visit bhitm22.org. Presented by the City of Jacksonville and Pepsi. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Keep things moving here on the program. We're going to say hello to a gentleman. As a matter of fact, one of, if you watch W, like I'm a huge WWE fan now, sort of have been, right? Because, you know, my children have grown up. When I was a kid, I loved watching it. And as a matter of fact, he's going to be part of Raw right here in Raleigh on March the 18th. You can see him every week on Raw USA, 8 p.m. 7 Central. He's an eight-time tag team champion. Main event. Jay Uso joining us here on the program. What's going on, Jay? Man, right on. It was appreciate appreciate the introduction, man. Appreciate. Ab- it. See, before let me see, let me see. Before I would have done this, now I got to do. I got to get up and down. That's man, that's how on. you rocking and rolling. Yeah, man. We don't we don't we don't do that no more, man. <laughs> I know. We we done leveled up over here. <laughs> I know, man. I know. We we got We got to talk about that. But look, I, I got to take you back to last week's Monday Night Raw, like. You had the championship, man. I don't understand this whole thing with your brother and the bloodline. You had the Intercontinental Championship wrapped up. D, I had it in the bag, man. Gunther said it himself, bro. That's the first time he felt it slipping away, man. I had it in the bag. But, uh, you know, I'm going to start calling him Jealous Jimmy in the words of uh, Pat McAfee. I think it was Michael Cole that said it. But from now on, bro. I'm referring to my brother as Jealous Jimmy from now on. Yeah, man. We got some unfinished business to handle, man. Unbelievable. And now The Rock is part of the bloodline? Your thoughts? They replaced you. They've in essence, they've in essence replaced you with The I know it's all in the family. I got it. They've in essence replaced you with The Rock. Hey, D, they ain't ever going to replace me, man. I, I, was, I, I was the bloodline. Was, I, I was the heart of the bloodline. Matter of fact, but yeah, it's, it, uh, visually, man, it's impressive. It's crazy, bro. 2024, The Rock is part of the bloodline now. Uh, I'm excited to see what go on. Yeah, no doubt about it. It, it. Could there, I know you've got your sights set on a lot of different things. Um, I mean, uh, but could there be a possible return to the bloodline? For me? Yes. At some nah, point. I'm gone. I'm gone, D. Hey, I threw the deuces up before. I'll do it again, man. Come on, main event. That's family, man. I mean, I'm not talking about now. I, I get it. But n- down the line, like, come on. Hey, D, you see how they be treating me, man? Come on, man. That that something. It be your own family sometimes. Be doing your own move. <laughs> I got to go, man. Hey, I'm doing all right by myself, if I, if I should say. You yeah. are. Yes, you yeah. are. You you are. I mean, you should have had that intercontinental championship. You had a you had a tag team championship what a uh, couple of couple of months ago, uh, and just uh, you know uh, that uh, uh, kind of fell apart a little bit. 
Yeah, man. I think Jimmy Jimmy was involved in that too, man. You know? I don't know. I mean, I'm losing count over here, D. I mean, I don't know no more. I'm losing count. All I know is uh, we're going to have to take it to the uh, backyard again like we used to. You know what I'm saying? You want to step outside right quick? You know? Uh, that's what's going to happen, man, in front of the world to see. Yeah. No doubt about it. The main event, Jay Uso, joining us here on the program. Glad to have him for a couple of more minutes. Look, I mean, you're part of the Ananoa'i family, right? Like that. I mean, when I think. Anawai'i. I'm sorry, say it again. Anawai'i. Anawai'i, excuse me. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I, I know all of the, all, I mean, Jimmy Superfly Snooker going back in the day, The Rock, your brother Jimmy. You're talking about your, your brother, you know, uh, 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 Solo Sokoa. I mean, Nia Jax. I mean, The Rock. I mean, all it, like, what does it mean? And then, of course, your father, Rikishi, was part, part of part, obviously. But what does that mean to you? Wrestling is in your blood. It really is, man. Oh, you know, like didn't even train for it. Didn't even didn't even want to. Kind of, you know, what I'm saying it's just a family business, Zeus, right? Like I, I was being bred for it, and we didn't even know. You know, we was just up next and didn't even know. But to recognize game now and be be in the business how I am today and just seeing how my father and everyone before my dad like laid the foundation for us to do what we do today, man, I'm I'm, I'm humbled, man. Uh, I get it now, you know, as a man today, I get it. And uh, man, D, we deep, bro. You, you, you think it's done. Like we got, bro, we got cousins and younger brothers up next, bro. I'm telling you, like. The bloodline's gonna live on for another fifty years in WWE for sure. Yeah, that's why you gotta rejoin. Damn, it'd be a family reunion by then. <laughs> damn, I mean, damn. <laughs> hey, I would imagine that though. You got me thinking though, man. I, come on. Yeah, yeah. So is it? Is it? Because I know you played football. I gotta talk. I gotta talk about that. You played college football. Yeah. You and your brother played college football. As a matter of fact, Did, but. Was the family business really what you wanted to do, or did you ultimately acquiesce? Nah, man. I obviously wanted to, you know, play ball and try to go to the next level, right? As a, you know, any young athlete would want to do. Um, uh, man, it just didn't work out that way, right? So one door closed and another one opens, man. And it was real easy to transition into wrestling because, you know, that's what we, being physical, growing up all the time, sports. Just all the time. It was always outside. So uh, I, I was just happy that, uh, you know, my my the family business was always there for us. And the same like I tell my kids today, yo, if you want to wrestle, like wrestling will always be there. Just try to get your own dream, you know, try to try to shoot for the star, do whatever you want to do. You, you always have wrestling to fall back on, you know, it'll always be there. But it's a hard life, Bruce. And I'm going to tell everybody this, like the glitz and the glam is on TV, but man, the, the work. The, the miles of the, the plane rides, the, all, a lot of miles, man. You know, being gone from home, that it'll, 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 it'll test you. But uh, it was real easy for me because I, I had my brothers or my twin brother the, the whole way. So I got to, I got to like do it with somebody. You feel me? So, yeah. yeah. Of course, that the voice of main event, Jay Usu, joining us here on the program. Again, Raw is coming right here to Raleigh, uh, March 18th. And of course, you can watch him each and every. Uh, Monday on on uh, Raw, 
And that's USA 8 p.m. So what do you remember about those days at West Alabama? And I think what's interesting is you didn't play with these guys, but a couple of alum that came out of West Alabama include Tyreek Hill and Malcolm Butler, both Super Bowl champions. Let's go, man. I mean, I guess the champions coming out of uh, UW, you know. Hey, there were some ballers out there, though, man. I mean, I appreciated it. I mean, we, we, <laughs> we from Pensacola, Florida, the same high school as Emmett Smith. Derrick Brooks from Pensacola, like uh, Roy Jones Jr., Smoke Gainer. There, there's a bunch of uh, professional athletes, man, coming out of Pensacola. So it wasn't a water, though. But I do remember it, man, it, it taught me to – I grew up at West Alabama, man, just being up from uh, playing under a hard coach, man, a hard-nosed coach, which I still I still holler at him to this day. Man, it just it, – it, the, the tools that I learned there, I, I – it sticks with me today, and I use them through wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Just trying to be disciplined, dude. So <clears throat> yeah. I loved it though. If I if I didn't if I didn't go through the them five a.m. trainings, man, the, the the kids know though. Like uh, I, I don't think I would I would be sitting here. No doubt. A couple of last thoughts. I I, I don't know. Are you up on your WWE 2K24 ranking? Are you satisfied with it? Man, they get. I think. I think I was a ninety last year, bro. I'm like, come on, dog, and level it up, boost. Like, oh man, what, what, man? Come on, dog. Y'all see this? This is in the game now. Right. Come on, man. Give me a ninety-one or something. Ninety-two. Come on, bro. So where did, where are you at though? I, I hadn't seen it. Man, I think a, I think a ninety. Was, okay. Oh, you're at a ninety, but you were ninety-one last. I got you. Okay. No, I think I was a ninety last year, and I'm still a ninety this year. Oh, I see. I got you. Like okay. I ain't level up. Right. 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 Um, Come on. Yeah, they, they, I think they got to do better than that, no doubt. Um, right. you, you know, last thought. Again, coming to Raleigh, man, we're excited about that, and we can watch you each week on USA. Um, the, the, the reign as WWE Tag Team Champions with your brother Jimmy, 622 days, which is a record. What did that mean to you? Yeah, it meant the world, right? Because, I mean, I say this with all truthfulness, man. Uh, when me and my brother first stepped in the game, the tag teams were, were kind of at a low. You know, this was like 2010. Like, they're, they're, they they was putting together singles guys and making them tag teams. We was the, I think we was the first ones to come in legit as a straight-up tag. I'm talking about matching gear and all. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it meant the world, though, because I knew that's what we set it out to do, was to be the best tag team in WWE history, man, and and – my, my heart's full of joy, man, that we, we finally did it. It took us damn near 15 years to get it, but we got it, man. And, it, and then we just leveled up some more. So, I mean, I, I still we still got goals planned ahead. Was, uh, I'm trying to be, you know, if we had this family reunion, we, we, could, we, we, we could be tag team champs again, Lewis, and then it might be a real problem. You know what I'm saying? So it, it means the world, man, to, to have the accolade under me. No doubt about it. Main event. Tay Uso joining us here on the program again. Raw is coming to right here to Raleigh, March the 18th, but you can check him out each and every week on USA. Main event. We appreciate the time. I got to say this, yeet, as we continue success in all you do. Man, thank you, Uso. Yeet, thanks for having me, D. Man, that was a lot of fun. Main event, Jay Uso joining us here. And Raw is coming to Raleigh on Monday, March the 18th. You can check Jay Uso out each and every week on Raw, Mondays, 8 p.m. 7 Central on USA. Look, my time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Jay Uso. Thank you. 
to Landon Bussey. Thank you to Artist Maddox for joining us today here on the program. By the way, if you missed any of those conversations, a couple of different ways you can listen once again on our website at BoxToRow.com or on the BoxToRow YouTube page. We'll have these conversations posted on the BoxToRow YouTube page. Check that out. And while you're there, you can also check out, we put together a piece on a conversation we had with Demetrius Flinnery Jr., a.k.a. Lil Meech, part of BMF on Stars. As a matter of fact, we put together a piece that you can also check out on the Box to Row YouTube page. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box to Row is produced by DW Communications.